This episode is sponsored by the IoT Job Site, the world's only dedicated space for applying for and advertising IoT vacancies across the world. Register now for job alerts or get in touch via Let's Talk at the IoTJobSite.com. Welcome to the IoT Podcast Show. I'm your host, Tom White. Before we start the episode, as always, please like, comment and subscribe to hear the latest updates on the show. Today we are joined by Dominic Heil. Dominic is the Vice President of Emir Sales at Quectel. Quectel is a wireless solutions business creating cellular IoT modules and antennas. Dominic, welcome to the IoT Podcast Show. Hi Tom, thanks for having me today. It's a real pleasure, eager to get you on to the show and uh, fascinated to talk about Quetel. Uh, for our listeners that may not understand the business and certainly your background, Dominic, could you give us a sentence or two on how you got into this crazy industry we're involved in? Thank you. Uh, so Tom, you know, I, I had an engineering function and then I joined uh, my first junior sales position uh, in the IoT industry in 1998. Wow. Uh, in uh, in Siemens, which versus um, uh, it was called machine to machine communication. So that's an ancient term for I- IoT, um, and it was a little appendix of the mobile phone division. And we start doing then uh, IoT applications back in the 90s uh, based on the cell phone technology, which were large and clumsy and very expensive modules. But it was a big success already in the early 2000s by enabling Chinese handset makers. Uh, you know, that's 20 plus years ago. And uh, so we established that in, in Siemens for automotive and many other clients with growth rates nobody ever has seen in a very large company like Siemens. Uh, then I joined uh, a, a, an Israeli-Italian startup called Telit, which was then after a few years become very prominent as a global market leader for IoT modules. And uh, as time goes on, I joined a Chinese company Quectel Wireless, uh, which is, uh, has become uh, a leading module maker in the industry uh, with a very significant growth. And uh, I'm managing now the sales in Europe as Senior Vice President Sales EMEA. Fantastic. I mean, when we have people on the show, they either talk about IoT or M2M. When they talk about M2M, we know that they've been in the industry for some time. Uh, so that's, that's fantastic to hear. Um, but you, it seems as though you've come from a technical background more into a sales position than Dominic in recent years. What, what, why did you decide to do that? Yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I studied electronics, electrical engineering, uh, with an emphasis on, on digital electronics, as well as industrial engineering. Uh, so since I was not a very passionate uh, programmer because I'm lacking a little bit uh, the, the patience, um, it, it turned out for me that I'm more looking for a commercial, pers- uh, commercial uh, function in a company. And, you know, you start then in, in a junior sales, more technical sales position. Uh, my first job actually was with Rode and Schwartz which is a very world-famous company for test and measurement equipment. We did uh, analog radio systems, So, and even in those analog systems in the mid-90s, we already did vehicle tracking via clumsy 1,200-boat modems. Um, uh, but that was very interesting already. And then, you know, with the uh, arrival of this uh, more reasonable and compact cell phone technology, um, we then started to, to deploy 2G first, 
uh, even GPRS uh, data service not, was not ready yet. It was in the year 2000. So I was witnessing the whole evolution of, uh, of uh, 2G technology towards 3G, which was a big uh, uh, game changer, bringing real bandwidth to application, enabling new bandwidth, uh, with a new bandwidth, enabling many new applications, uh, like routers and modems, video surveillance, and so on. Uh, we saw then uh, the verge of LTE technology. And I think uh, that pretty much takes us to our topic today, what 5G will do then for cellular uh, IoT applications, uh, because, uh, of course, that's a, that's a key question for our talk today, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and just a little bit more about Quectel. So you, you gave a brief introduction there. What is Quectel famous for today for some of our listeners that may not know Dominic? You know, uh, Quectel is a very young company, 10 years plus. Uh, nevertheless, we were able to uh, gain a, a leading market share in, in Europe, the world uh, totally, and in China, which is uh, a market not so visible to us, but showing enormous growth uh, at this point. Uh, so it's a combination of a very technical cust customer-oriented company uh, with a huge emphasis on technical support and an enormously large product portfolio, uh, very good uh, product price, a very efficient uh, company, uh, which has allowed us to gain continuously gain market share uh, in a way that uh, I call them the historical incumbent providers, uh, like a few of my previous employers, uh, had huge problem to follow that pace. It's a, uh, it's a very interesting Chinese growth story, I have to say. And of course, here on, on all ends of the work, uh, uh, all, all ends of the world, we have a very seasoned, passionate, professional, senior leadership team. Uh, all people with a background from Jamal Totales, Telit, Sierra Wireless, uh, Simcom. And so it's a combination of a very young, very, very hardworking team in China, uh, which is preparing the foundations then for our international sales success. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And I think one of the main things that we want to discover here today is, is clearly around connectivity and the digital infrastructure. So, uh, Connectivity is at the premise of building the smarter world. And obviously 5G has been highly spoken about um, in terms of its technology and what it can enable for the fourth industrial revolution, uh, such as smart cities, etc. Um, where is 5G uh, in terms of uh, its rollout and, and what it can do for IoT devices, in your opinion? It's a, it's a, it has two sides, two flip sides of the coin. One is a long-term evolution scenario for the big majority of low bandwidth applications, which were previously running on 2G or 3G. Now we see a, a huge wave of network sunset, mainly on 3G in Europe today, but 2G is, is, is on the horizon towards the mid-20s. So uh, our customers, uh, industrial system integrators, are looking for solutions which can stay in the market five to 10 years. So it's clear that they need something new uh, to supersede uh, 2G and 3G technology. Um, now we have the uh, LPWA technology, narrowband IoT, mm -hmm. uh, and category M1 LTE. So what does it have in common with 5G? Those are network evolutions of release 13 and 14 of the network infrastructure, which are fully integrated in the 5G, broader 5G scenario, uh, plus adding new features of 5G, 
like uh, ultra high reliability, ultra low latencies, uh, latency, which is opening many new application fields. On the other side, the enormous bandwidth of uh, 5G is opening totally new market segments uh, in, 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 in terms of uh, augmented reality, uh, drones, robotic, and, and let's discuss a little bit later about many more details about that, uh, all into a full connected uh, industrial IoT 4.0 scenario. Uh, so all uh, operators of large factories, uh, for example, car, all big car conglomerates, car companies are already working on uh, full 5G deployment on premise and also in the public network. Uh, to fully uh, uh, kind of to make the, the whole production scenario totally wireless. Uh, so that's the two, two aspects. Of course, uh, we are also serving a consumer segment, uh, which is very, very important and uh, a very interesting part of our business, which are uh, four and 5G routers uh, for, for small office, home office, for residential user application. So that's a, a super uh, super successful, super important market segment for us, also a big driver for the mobile carrier, because uh, as with any new technology, 5G is, is a cost driver, both on the infrastructure side, also on the handset side. Uh, it's a very important uh, new development for the carriers. Um, the 4G network was still based on the old switching and, and infrastructure of 2G, 2G and 3G. Mm. Uh, so for them, it's very important uh, to go now to a all IP uh, infrastructure, which is consistent basically for the very large carriers which own fixed and mobile networks. There will be a total convergence of network. All the old circuit switch domains will be switched off and removed. Uh, generating lost, lots of cost in operation and maintenance. And uh, so that's many, many motivators for the carriers now to invest into a 5G network upgrade uh, and then gradually um, merge the 4G uh, elements uh, into this 5G scenario. And this is including also completely all IoT segments. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for that overview. I mean, we've had many people on the show talking about 5G being the super highway compared to the, uh, you know, the, 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 the A road that was 4G. Yeah. And the sheer amount of data that's being connected from IoT sensors and enabling that traffic. Um, is it all about speed, Dominic? Is, is this what the main benefit to 5G is, in, in your opinion? Yeah, first of all, uh, the current networks are reaching their limits in terms of massive deployment. Um, so that's, that's uh, the beauty of then, uh, LPWA technology. Uh, one node can hold uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, IoT sensors. And uh, we saw it in, in Italy. They had a very dense deployment of gas meters. And uh, you know, having hundreds of gas meters in one cellular cell was really uh, bringing big uh, capacity problems to the signaling channels um, and to the system. So it was uh, unavoidable to upgrade now the infrastructure with a new technology. So it's a, it's a matter of mass deployment of the number of points. Uh, it's a, a very big problem, uh, a very big issue also of traffic capacity. Um, so it's also the motivation to reuse the 2.1 gigahertz band 5 
which was the initial 3G band, which is a nice chunk of uh, of spectrum to reform and reallocate uh, it to 5G uh, in order to increase uh, network capacity significantly. Um, and you know, latency was a very, very big problem uh, in the current scenario. You know, even with the LTE Advanced LTE Pro, uh, you can uh, transmit up to two gigabit downstream. Uh, the problem is that the switching infrastructure having 100 millisecond packet delay. Uh, so it's like a very, very strong car with very narrow wheels. Um, so and and all of that is is changing now with the full uh, deployment of 5G. Uh, so we will see uh, ideally one millisecond uh, packet delay time, which will bring an immersive immediate user experience, uh, which is very important now for all those new applications like real-time gaming, many other issues. You know, the previous uh, delay times of the network did not allow for a super immersive uh, uh, user experience. Uh, so this is uh, one of the uh, network features uh, dramatically uh, changing the uh, usability of the network. So, uh, and then there is many professional applications like uh, real-time video streams into emergency vehicles. Uh, many, many uh, businesses will be totally uh, revolutionized by uh, displacing or connecting operators on a remote basis, even for heavy uh, machinery uh, construction machine, everything can be run then in a virtual way from a centralized operating center uh, from the physical remote location. Mm. And, and uh, thank you for that. And, and, and when will we see this mass expansion of 5G and, and, and what would this enable for IoT devices? Because in the UK specifically, um, there's been a lot of talk about the increased need for mass, right? 10 times more mass to enable 5G to be carried uh, in, in the way that it's intended. Is this, is this a blocker in your view about the, the expansion, the, the physical need to uh, actually put up more mass in, 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 in local cities, etc.? And is this perhaps one of the reasons why the rollout has been a little bit slower than we originally envisioned it might be? No, I believe, you know, in, in, in rural scenarios, uh, sorry, in urban scenarios, uh, in cities, uh, there is a huge necessity to increase their viable network capacity. Uh, we all have uh, seen that uh, the data usage is exploding. It's manifold. Uh, people are, 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 are streaming uh, a, a lot of, of video streaming, and this is certainly requiring a huge bandwidth uh, from the network. Uh, spectrum is still rare, so we very urgently need to leverage the additional spectrum coming from the 5G auctions uh, in the three, in the five gigahertz range. And, uh, and you know, the millimeter wave uh, in the 28, 38 gigahertz, uh, this is opening huge, huge bandwidth channels. And there is many, you know, again, the customer usage uh, gets, gets very, very uh, video orientated and that will drive network capacity a lot. Uh, furthermore, you know, we have many applications. It's mainly uh, the, the autonomous driving application, which is very, very high on the priority list of the car companies, the OEMs. And uh, a, 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 an autonomously driving car 
over a certain level of autonomy, which has been standardized by SAE in one to five levels. And for level four and five, it's absolutely mandatory to have a, a, a high, highly viable real-time connectivity uh, to this vehicle. You know, uh, if you think about the complex traffic situations, uh, the level of uh, local artificial intelligence in the car will, for the foreseeable future, uh, where we talk about five, 10, maybe 15 years, will not be sufficient in all traffic conditions to allow operating the car to operate autonomously. So there will be a significant number of operators in the back end and manage situation where the full autonomous car will not be able to properly orientate. And that's only one example which will totally mandate then a, a very good coverage of 5G uh, on a nationwide level. Yeah, I mean, that's a great use case there that you've mentioned around autonomous driving. You know, we've had people in the past on the show talking about um, some of the limitations, but also clearly the, the benefits from level one to level five or, to, or autonomy, auton, autonomity um, of, of driving. Um, what other use cases uh, are there that Quetel's technology is currently supporting and you, where do you see them thriving in the future? Um, there is, a, there, again, in the, in the area of industrial automation, uh, there will be uh, many, many new applications, like, again, delivery drones is uh, one very good example. Mm. Uh, we also see uh, the, uh, the module, the 5G module, uh, will incorporate lots of artificial intelligence. Um, for example, uh, you could do uh, video surveillance on a camera where you uh, feed a video stream to a backend system, which is analyzing all the number plates. The same way uh, you could do the picture analysis in our module and you only stream number plate uh, content. So it's you go from a two megabit per second data stream to maybe 50 or 100K only. So that's one very good example um, how uh, artificial intelligence will revolutionize then the IoT application in a 5G scenario. Um, so the intelligence will move from the backend to the edge of the device. So the, the uh, IoT edge device, which was basically some sensors and a communication uh, engine is, is, is moving to an artificial intelligence device. So that's very interesting for us because the technology tends to become cheaper and cheaper. And for us, it will be much, much more interesting and attractive than to sell more comprehensive silicon. And then again, it's getting a software game, of course, as well. Mm. Um, and in terms of, you know, IoT, we talk about everything being connected. Um, industry 4.0, the fourth industrial revolution, you know, the, the fact that uh, there's an almost limitless amount of use cases. I'd be interested to know from your view, Dominic, about what industries are becoming more connected and perhaps ones that we didn't think would be connected in the way that they are becoming today. You know, I think what is very, very catchy is a complex, complex situation like an oil rig in the, in the North Sea shore like a big forestry work, like a big 
copper mine in the middle of nowhere, and that's that's really happening as we speak. So uh, those uh, those scenarios, those properties, um, will first benefit from standalone 5G networks. Uh, they can be closed networks with a very high level of uh, data security, um, and then the whole pro whole logistics uh, production equipment scenario will be fully connected in real time via 5G networks. And I'm quite sure that this will be one of the uh, industrial uh, industrial scenarios. Uh, if you look to a totally different industry like uh, video broadcasting, and I just saw the Olympics, you know, they put video cameras, HD video cameras on, on any boat of a race. And I, I think this is pretty much implemented by 5G technology. Mm. So many industries like video productions for broadcasting stations, where it was a big hassle, you come with a transmission car, um, you have to, to build up your, your paid satellite lines, which are expensive and clumsy. Um, you need operators in the back end and, and, and five, 10 people on site for all the equipment. You know, you just have a very compact device, a camera, maybe one guy uh, for the audio, and then you can uh, do 4K real-time real real video streaming from the site right away uh, uh, and broadcast it. And if you think about it, that saves so much cost and hassle and, and issues, and it's real-time. So that's certainly one of the very next 5G scenarios as uh, networks are brought out uh, in the markets. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting you should mention at the start of that the, the oil rig uh, use case because we had someone on the show in the past, their company Roxol, that were talking about IoT solutions in the oil industry. Uh, you'd have to check it out at another time. It's really interesting sure. how they're implementing that and the technology behind it. Uh, but I think you're 100% right. You know, We had the capability to record from a video standpoint in 4K um, and, 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 and on hardware, right? You know, you pick up an iPhone these days, you can do it at 60 frames a second, but how are you gonna get that across, um, you know, to, to, to a central server or up into the cloud or what have you without the use of 5G? And I think that's a real prominent use case there, especially with the Olympics. So, you know, there's some, been some fantastic initiatives that have been going on recently and a lot, of, a lot of stressed out video companies trying to make sure that the systems are running in order to get this going. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, in uh, no, uh, uh, go ahead. No, please. No, uh, you know, incidentally, I was talking to, uh, to a guy who is uh, the architect of the uh, video transmission on uh, Tour de France. Okay. Uh, so what they need, they need two helicopters uh, and one airplane, one jet airplane, which is cruising at 10,000 meters to transmit all this stuff away. So think about it, that's an enormous budget. I don't exactly what it is, but if you could, could do everything on ground, just right from the spot, it's, it's so much easier, so much quicker, and uh, it will pretty much also drive then con content, uh, content creation. Um, you know, and that's a, that's a key issue, how to uh, generate high quality uh, content at low cost for the broadcasting industry. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's fantastic. And I think there's so many different use cases, let alone uh, in broadcast, uh, you know, and elsewhere that, that, that this is really enabling. I think what one of the things that I'm really curious on, and I know people listening and watching this podcast will be, is where you see 
connectivity going, certainly within the next decade. People are talking about 6G, you barely rolled out 5G, 6G is already in people's minds. What does that mean for IoT in particular, in your opinion, Dominic? No, it will be a continuous uh, improvement of the performance level of the network. Um, so uh, the quality of, of, of what we do, of video resolution, uh, is, is constantly, constantly increasing. And without the additional spectrum of real 5G deployment, uh, which means leverage of all the defined bands, um, real uh, leveraging the, the capacity of the network and the new features like super high reliability and latency, then the demand uh, for more capacity will, will increase. And this is uh, what 6G will be about, is uh, opening again totally new levels of spectrum even, you know, again, another 100, 1,000 times higher data transmission speed, whatever the, whichever applications uh, this might uh, require in, in the next future. But as we've seen it, it's accelerating. Uh, we are in the middle uh, of the IoT revolution, of the digital revolution, of the business model. Uh, again, I'm very long time in this, and it's really, really going uh, in an exponential way, how technology is being deployed and adopted. And this is driving demand to a very, very interesting level. Yeah, absolutely. And clearly, Quetel are at the forefront of this in terms of the technology, the services and the products that you're offering. Um, Dominic, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on the show today. I've really appreciated some of your insights here. Clearly very well versed. Uh, in IoT and connectivity. Um, been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on to the IoT Podcast Show. Tom, thanks so much for having me today. Bye-bye. As always, guys, if you'd like to find out more about Dominic, our guest today, please go to quecktail.com, have a look on LinkedIn, and see what all the fuss is about. Get involved in the, in the comments, share, like, subscribe, and all that other good stuff. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.